Have you come to the point in your life where doing that work, church, home, repeat just isn't working for you anymore and you know there's got to be more to life than this? Then girl, you've come to the right place. I'm Kimberly Knight and this is The Physician Podcast. As a certified coach, consultant, author, and speaker, I've had the privilege of helping women to position themselves for success in life, love, and business. So if you're ready for some wisdom wrapped up in a little bit of girlfriend, join me and other experts each week as we give you the conversation, coaching, and keys you need to take you to your next steps. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Positioned Podcast. I am your host, Kimberly Knight. And today I wanted to do a follow-up on my last episode, which is part of the Making Love Last series. I'm going to make a part two about unnecessarily single because it's one thing for me to identify or get the revelation that I was unnecessarily single, but it's another thing to talk about how I got out of that, right? Because I was stuck for so long. I'm talking like almost a decade. I was just stuck and it didn't have to be that way. I was unnecessarily single. I was in unnecessary pain longer than I needed to be. And I don't want you to have to go through that. Now, listen, even if your loss is not relational, right? It wasn't a divorce, a breakup. You can still gain a lot Because if you have been betrayed in any way, if you have had to forgive people who have not necessarily asked for forgiveness or apologized, this episode might also be very beneficial for you. So again, when I was healing after uh, the divorce, I stayed stuck for a long time. And I remember hearing, you know, time heals all wounds. And I have to tell you, that's a really nice saying, but it's a lie. It's a lie from the pit. Time does not heal wounds. Now, I will tell you, if you are in a relationship, time will reveal intention. That's the truth. Time will reveal intentions, but it does not heal wounds. And I think that we have bought that bill of goods that if we just wait long enough, it'll heal. You'll feel better. Mm-mm. We just become more adept at hiding it and glossing over it. And the pain becomes part of our function, right? So we're in dysfunction so long that we can't remember what proper function is. So we just continue to stay there, right? Um, so healing has to be deliberate and intentional. It's not just going to happen by passage of time. You have to seek healing. We have to pursue healing. We have to want healing. Also, we have to be in the context where healing can occur. You cannot heal in the same place and with the same people that wounded you. You just can't. Even if they are desirous of helping you heal, they're apologetic. I mean, that's helpful. You know, getting that apology is great. But a lot of times, and if you just think about it, even with heartfelt apologies, it didn't really heal you because the healing is not about them and what they say or do, whether they want to help you heal or not. Healing is about you. Healing is an internal job. So getting that apology is nice, but I'll be honest with you, you don't need an apology to heal. You don't. And some of us are waiting on an apology that will never, ever come. 
And I think what got me stuck was this person knew they were wrong, but it didn't move them to apologize. They knew that they were hurting me, but it didn't move them to stop. So I'm saying to you that you don't have to wait for that to happen in order for you to move on. That also led me to really get a deeper understanding that waiting for closure just is not the way to go, right? In hindsight, I think I was actually waiting for clarity or an explanation or a heartfelt apology that never really happened for the most part. So at some point, you just have to decide to give yourself closure. At some point, I just decided that I would no longer allow the divorce to be the determinant of how I saw my future or my place in it. I mean, waiting for someone that hurt you to give you closure is waiting for someone who didn't care enough about you to not hurt you in the first place. I mean, really, closure is really a gift you give yourself. Let me say that again. Closure is a gift you give yourself. Unwrap your gift. You don't need as much closure as you think. It is holding you back and it may be keeping you unnecessarily single. And in a non-relational context, waiting for closure is holding you back from the things that you're supposed to move on to the next leg of your journey. Here is something else you have heard me say probably in almost every single episode, and you will hear it again and again and again and again. (laughs) I believe in Jesus and therapy. The Bible says that he came to bind the wounds of the brokenhearted in Isaiah 61.1. And I believe also in prayer and deliverance. But you need to know for sure, you can't cast out self, honey. Mm -mm. One of the reasons I stayed stuck after the divorce is because I needed Jesus, I needed deliverance, I needed prayer, and therapy. And without addressing those blind spots with a neutral party and someone who doesn't have a stake in the outcome, those blind spots will catch you in another situation. So even though you get out of this relationship, you'll have that same blind spot catch you in another relationship. And until you have passed that rock like 10 times, you're like, wow, that rock looks familiar. Oh my gosh, I think I passed this before. Until you have that revelation and you're able to see your blind spots, you're going to continue to fall over them. That's just the way it is. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. So I do believe in Jesus and therapy. And I don't think that any one of those components of our healing, whether it's uh, prayer, deliverance, therapy, or something else that we need to add to the mix. I believe that missing out on any one of those components, either our healing is stalled, it's not complete, or we're stuck. Something else I think we need to be aware of um, that I learned when I was unnecessarily single was about Galatians 6 and 7. So Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that so shall he also reap. And we know that scripture very well. But it presents in a multiplicity of ways. And most of the times I have heard it said when someone is in sin or someone has done you wrong, oh, you're going to reap what you sow. But I've also seen it in reverse. Many times I've seen women stay in relationships longer than they should or take more time than they should have to, to heal, including myself, because they were looking to reap where they sowed but not what they've sown. So God is the one who repays. God is the one who causes the reaping to happen. And he's not mocked. So in other words, it's just one of the principles of the word that it's just going to happen. 
So if we reap what we sow, but not necessarily where, we don't have to hang on to something or someone that is killing us emotionally or spiritually, or even maybe physically, because we feel like we've invested so much time and energy. I've got to get a return out of this. No, sometimes you got to cut your losses and get to step in, okay? Waiting for them to give you closure, waiting for them to give you what you've given them, waiting for them to be as committed to you as you are to them when they have shown you time and time again, they are not is wasting even more time. So you continue to sow more good time and more good seed into ground that's not going to produce the harvest. Well, let me tell you something. At some point, you have to determine, is this a seed I need to continue to water and nurture? Or is this something I need to let go of and cut my losses? Because every good plant needs to be pruned. Oh my gosh. All right, here's something else I learned. And I talked about it earlier. You know, you need Jesus and prayer and therapy and all the other components to healing, but you need to check that prayer life. So anyone who knows me knows I am a prayer warrior. I pray about everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. And even during that time when I was unnecessarily single, when I was just stuck, I was praying, but the prayers that I were praying were more complaining or whining. I spent so much time asking God why it happened that it became whining, right? And it got me stuck in a prayer rut because rather than focus on asking him why this happened, it would have been more beneficial to ask earlier, how do I heal and show me what is next? Show me what's next, God. Has Show me how to heal, God. Your word says that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Right, So show me how to cooperate with the healing that Jesus came to provide. Oh my gosh, if I had prayed that earlier, I probably wouldn't have been stuck for so long. So when you are praying, you have to ask yourself, is this the fervent effectual prayer of the righteous that availeth much? Or is this the moaning and the groaning of the complaining (laughs) that leads to being stuck in a rut? That said, I also got to the point where I began to recognize that whatever or whoever in this case, left, was no longer needed for the next leg of my journey. 1 John 2, 19 says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out. They went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. In other words, sometimes Father lets people leave our lives to reveal that they were really not for us or with us in the first place. And when he does that, let them go. He has done you a favor. I think that one of the things we want to add to our prayer life is pray for the grace to accept it and to move on. Also, while we're moving forward, You don't have to be unnecessarily single. Strengthen what remains. In other words, don't spend so much time looking at what you perceive as lost that you don't care for what is left. So for instance, self-care. Self-care is not selfish, it's stewardship. That person may have left you, but you're there. You are still there. You're not going to leave you. So take good care of yourself. And when I say take good care of yourself, I mean... It's more than lips, hips, and fingertips, and right? There's nothing wrong with getting your nails done. Matter of fact, going to go do that today. But it's so much more than lips, hips, and fingertips. 
It's also about caring for all three parts of you, your spirit, your soul, and your body. It's more than just taking a vacation because we're not looking at escaping our current circumstances because sooner or later you have to come back. So how can I make this place and space in my life work for me? If let's say you vacation two weeks a year, I'll even be generous and give you four. There's still 48 other weeks that you have to live. Father wants you to live a John 10, 10 life that you don't feel you need to escape from. So spend some time, not just moaning and groaning and rehashing the past, but also spend some time strengthening what remains, having fun and fellowship and enjoying your life and meeting new people. Also, when you are healing so that you don't have to be unnecessarily single or you're healing from some other betrayal or hurt that may not be relational, that said, you may also have to rebuild your village because most of the times when we suffer a relational loss, we also lose other relationships collaterally. So it's time to revisit your village and reassess your landscape. What relationships need to be rethought? Does that mean rekindling them, rearranging them, um, setting new boundaries for them, or maybe it means releasing them? What new village people do you need? What present village people need to move to a new street in your village? Everybody can't be on Main Street And there's some people who were on Main Street during your marriage prior to the divorce or prior to the breakup or prior to the loss that are not good on Main Street right now. Like uh, There were people in my immediate circle after the divorce that uh, were going back and sharing with my ex-husband some of the things that were going on in my life, right? I'm like, what the double agent status is going on here? My mama, who was country, had this saying, and some of y'all will recognize this, and for the rest, I'll translate it. Dog will bring a bone, dog will carry a bone. In other words, people who gossip aren't just bringing you gossip. They're taking back gossip to their sources so that they have some kind of leverage to get more gossip, right? That's their method of exchange, their medium of exchange. It's not money. It's information on other people. So being very mindful of village people and their loyalties, because it may have shifted You have to pay attention to that. You certainly can add me to your village. Contact information is in the show notes. And also I'm going to put a link to the episode on building your village in the show notes as well. The thing that I want you to take away most about being unnecessarily single is that it doesn't have to happen to you. I am here to support you on your journey as you position yourself for love As you position yourself for healing and moving forward, please contact me and let me know how it's going. And in the meantime, be wonderfully blessed. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening so you never miss one. I would love it if you would share the podcast with your friends, post about it on Facebook and Instagram, or leave a review. That way you can help me to bring you more great content and expert guests. Until next week, be blessed.